0: There, so there you have some of the voice notes that you've been sending through on the line responding uh, on the different issues. Yeah, uh, Just so that I can read out that email address again, particularly for those who want to access some of these services and have been told that they've run out of sessions, especially if you are on GEMS, the email address is inquiries at gems.gov.za inquiries at gems.gov.za and complaints at gems.gov.za. So if you can send an email to any one of those two addresses, you should be able to get some form of assistance. And if not, please get in touch with us again and let us know so that we are able to take it up for you. So one of the things that has been found is that many South African businesses are failing to meet the regulatory targets. And this is for the employment of people with disability. We see this in the public and in the private sector. Uh, It's part of a study that has uh, been put together by uh, Dr. Amand Bum, who is the head of social impact at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. Dr. Bum, good morning and thank you so much for your time today.
1: Good morning, Teddy, and good morning to the listeners.
0: Let's talk about the study. What exactly were you looking into, and why was it important for you to conduct the study?
1: What motivated the study was um, my particular interest in why businesses um, try to include people with disabilities. And initially, it was quite apparent that there was this push towards compliance and the advantage that businesses could gain. And I was more interested in what the model imperative was for including people with disabilities. And so there have been models and frameworks presented over years um, which were really coming into question with the fact that with rising unemployment in South Africa, the employment rates of disabled people was actually declining.
0: Dr. Bum, it's, it's interesting when we look at the language that is often used around people with disabilities. So it's, you know, one of they must be included. Why is it that there is so much exclusion where they're concerned? Because they're deserving of every other right as, as any other human being.
1: It typically comes down to the structural barriers that we find uh, within society, and so not only within the workplace, but in society itself. And most often, those are influenced by people's attitudes. And for me, it's quite clear that people have no, don't really take into consideration that this is the only minority group that any one of us, at any point of our lives, can unwillingly enter into. And so there's a callousness about how it is that we view people with disabilities. And so we don't take that time to actually think, well, what if it was me in that situation? Mm. If I was to acquire a disability today, would my workplace continue to include me? And I think that's something we have to wake up with every single day.
0: We often see these targets that are set by companies. I was saying earlier that it is companies both in the public and the private sector, you know, that have these high dreams of we're going to meet X amount of target but of of targets rather, but oftentimes those are not met. Is there lack of, of commitment and and um, do we find that there's generally just a lot of promises being made?
1: Yes, most definitely. South Africa is one of the first signatories to the United Nations Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities with the optional protocol, where it was that we committed ourselves to ensuring the inclusion of people with disabilities in the workplace. Government itself has not met the target of 2%. And if we read the latest Commission of Employment Equity report, if you look at Executive level, top management, senior management, skilled and unskilled um, positions within the workplace, less than 2% of those positions are filled by people with disabilities. And so we have wonderful le- legislation, we have a marvelous constitution, but we lack at the implementation. And I think if, if we expect that the private sector needs to play a And I think government first needs to be, by example. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's take a look then at what is happening in workplaces when uh, uh, somebody who has a disability has been given a job opportunity. Are they othered in those environments? Maybe not intentionally, but certainly by way of some of the structural issues that you have raised. Because if I am using a wheelchair, and the place where I have been employed does not enable me to get around in my wheelchair to access every part of that office, then that in itself makes it very difficult for me to do my job.
2: Yes, um, that's that's
1: quite a good example there. And so what it is that we propose through our study is the notion of reasonable accommodation is something that we hold dear and we think it's important and but what it deals with is a specific person in a specific circumstance. What we advocate for is adopting universal design as a framework and and the principles that go with it. And in essence, what that means is creating environments that would not need ramps, that are actually suitable for anyone. So. For a wheelchair user, for a vision impaired and a blind person, for a deaf or hard-of-hearing person, you know, for the aged. And we fail to make those considerations so early on when are we redesigning our workplaces. And I think that's also important. Also, when you look at the aspect of recruitment, I think this is a key point where you can show whether you are, have the intent of including people. People only put out, businesses put their ads out in the print media, and that is not accessible to people who have a vision impairment uh, to a large degree or, or those who are totally blind. So I think how you try and recruit people and the means that you use also speaks to what your intent is further down the line. Mm.
0: Often what what I have seen, Dr. Bum, is that you know even in workplaces that claim to be inclusive you find that there's still a lot that needs to be done whether to the physical structure of the environment to make it easy for somebody with disabilities to be able to 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 function and that of course speaks directly to the extent to which they feel that they are part of the business that they are part of the culture and nobody wants to go into a place and feel like they're having to inconvenience everybody because that's also how others respond to it you know it's like oh we have to do this we have to do that but that should have been done in the first place
1: yes I'll use one of the cases that we um, uh, interviewed just coming into the workplace a totally blind person with no understanding of the environment, no prior engagement in the environment, arriving on the first day of work and the supervisor is gone on two weeks' leave, and so the person is quite in inverted commas left in the dark, you know. Mm. And, and so the thinking around that is is really not there. Another case in one of our government buildings, the person had to bring in their own carpenter to raise the desk that they had to um, make sure that the wheelchair could fit under.
0: They had to bring in their own carpenter.
1: They brought in their own carpenter because the bureaucratic process associated with just getting a new desk was going to take far too long and too cumbersome. Uh, in the one instance, and, and here where somebody is totally blind, what they found was not that the person wanted to give up the independence, but actually having a sighted person along to navigate and assist them into different environments, allowed them to engage socially in a different manner. Mm-hmm. And so that empowered the person. But that person had to pay the cost of that facilitator to assist them. And so at different levels of government, and I think it's changed, changed now at that stage, the person had to pay and so the salary that the counterparts were earning, in real terms, was actually diminished because they had to pay for their own accommodations. And so it's the thinking around that. And, and it's not to say that including people with disabilities is a costly exercise. In fact, that myth has been debunked over and over again. What it requires is thoughtfulness, proper planning. And in fact, when you look at the, the, the literature, it would it will tell you a different story. People with disabilities tend to be more committed to their work, have fewer days of leave or of absence, because it is extremely difficult to get employment. So the commitment to their work mm. um, is also shown in, in different ways. So this idea that it costs too much is something that, you know, is being debunked over and over.
0: One of the things that I also see in, in, the, stu- in the research when... Um, you were asking some of your participants what would make their processes a lot more seamless is is that they want to be part of the decision making, but they also want to be part of the process in terms of how their disability is disclosed to their co-workers. Why is that such an important part of this process?
1: Well, I think, you know, as a human being, I don't have to walk into any room and explain myself. Mm. And I think that is critical to understand. And so why do people with disabilities have have to walk into a room and then announce the disability? And that notion of disclosure is quite a powerful one because what it does is it either empowers we takes away someone's autonomy. And I think through our study, that was quite uh, a key finding that autonomy and the, the ability to, at my own time, in my own way, share with others something that is deeply personal was taken away from many people. And so, you know, the sensitization programs with people coming to the space. They weren't consulted about it. They were put forward almost in a showy manner to say, you know, here's this person, and now we need to pay attention. And I think that that, that really just speaks to a culture, a human-centered culture, you know, which is often lacking, mm. lacking in, in business.
0: What are, What are some of the examples that the participants shared with you about how this was done?
1: So a young man coming into, and again, this with in the government, I won't say which level of government, was asked to come to the center of a round, um, a round table and to explain in detail how they had acquired their disability, what it means to them. And the person really thought that that was unnecessary. Mm. Um, That was just one. a young man, and their their thoughts of the employer shifted quite radically, um, even so much that they'd considered leaving the place of employment. Um, In another case, we had a a lady who was asked intimate details about her sexuality, which I think is, is really something, you know, nobody's Ask any new employee about his sexuality yeah. in any other place, but ask these intimate questions unrelated to the work. You know, which which really is unnecessary. And, and so, Dr. Bum, what
0: was was that by by the managers or by staff who was asking those questions?
1: So, so here is the thing: in terms of uh, a group of employees, of so co-workers, mm. uh, managers together, the person is in the room, firstly they're not sure what this is about, they come into the space, and then the questions are not, not that they need to be controlled in a particular way, but I think the the, the alignment of the questions was out of sync. Uh, and so people have a curiosity about people with disabilities, uh,
0: Absolutely appalling, the fact that things like that can can even take place. Uh, Dr. bummer I've got a caller here from Pretoria. Anonymous, good morning to you.
3: Morning, morning, Suskeithi. Hello.
0: I'm all right, thank you.
3: I'm good, I'm good. Um, I'd like to participate on this um, topic about uh, reasonable accommodation and people living with disability. Mm. Anonymous. Um, you see, um, um, us as people living with disability, indeed, uh, we, we are facing many challenges in our workplace, you see, um, pri- in private sector and also in public uh, sector. I have a, a, a friend who went to an interview in a private sector. This guy is blind, but is, is, is partially blind, yes. He went to an interview, he passed the interviews, and when he was asked to to sign, and that's when they realized out, this person is blind because, like, he's putting the paper close to his face, you see. Mm -hmm. And then the panel was surprised, and then, oh, are you having a problem? Then that's when the guy said, yes, I'm I'm blind. And they said to him, "Uh, no, we'll call you, we'll we'll, we'll call you, you know, we'll call you, We'll, we'll call you. Because uh, we don't have the space for, for a person like you, but should you, should you find something, we'll let you know. But if it has passed the interviews, you see? So it means uh, that company didn't have anything in place for for a, a, a blind person. Okay. Coming to my personal experience, I'm working for, 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 for government, you know? Um, First of all where I'm working, you know, I knew before I could, I could, I could even be uh, employed that I'll get this job. Reason being, um this job, like it's a it's a it's a low-paying job, and it is always reserved for people with disability, like switchboard operators. You know, if I can be specific, many of 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 us who are in those positions, it's many many of those positions are being occupied by 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 people living with disabilities, and yet. Government is always talking about uh, women and people, people with disability, uh, at least uh, putting them in a strategic uh, positions. But it seems like, yeah, it's a dream, you know, it's still a dream. And um, and one thing that I also want to, to, to point out, one, one something that, that, that I've experienced, it's about my personal experience. Um, as I'm working in here, you know, in government, there's this thing called a performance bonus, like the incentive. You know, um I remember I was denied uh, the performance uh, bonus why because um there the, 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 there's where I'm looking there's another computer that doesn't have a screen reader. Which is impossible for me to to to, to use that computer. You see mm-hmm. it's not my problem. It's, it's I, I can't use the computer, why? Because um the computer is not uh um um but how can I put it? It doesn't have the, the, the speech, so that I can be able to use that computer. And now here comes the person saying, no, know, man, you are not performing, so you don't qualify for that. Case okay, two, I didn't do the job, but then why didn't why didn't my employer make sure that all my computers have got have got uh, necessary programs for mm. me? So all I right. felt like I was I was so I was being I was being sidelined. I was being um um um, um uh, disadvantaged. You know, yeah, by the employer not not making sure that I have all the necessary equipment, mm-hmm. but to say, for him for her to say that, uh, look, man, you don't qualify. I feel like no, 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 pieces, but the pieces is, is is missing something in here. For me, not to qualify, it's not because I'm 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 not capable of doing the job. It's because there's no reasonable accommodation put in place to assist me so that I can be able to. To do my 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 work very well.
0: Sure. So many
3: of many of us, many of us, many of us uh, were 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 uh, totally blind. You know, um, we don't partic- We don't even participate. We don't even like board ourselves to say that okay, let me let me motivate, let me do this, let me do that, uh, like like other other uh, uh, like like our our colleagues do when 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 it's time for for performance because we know that we be that we're not doing one, three, four. Mm. Not because we are not capable, because there's no suitable um, um, resources or there are no uh, reasonable accommodations. So, so you're basically not us. not
0: being given the tools that you need in order to do your job optimally.
3: Precisely. Mm. That's, it, that's, that's 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 a problem that, that that we experience. I don't understand. I don't understand why would what would an employer uh, hire a person knowing very that um is not prepared. I'm not saying that they must not hire us, they must hire us because we are educated, we have qualification. but make sure that there's reasonable accommodation for this kind of thing. If if it, if it's a, if it's a wheelchair user, make sure that there's an elevator or or ramps for, for that person so you can be able to climb up uh, those buildings go to if you if you are working in the second floor or third floor. Mm-hmm. Make sure that there's are there are them for for a physical, it's disabled right. person. If you are blind, make sure that there's a screen reader for the mm-hmm. them to be able to work. Otherwise, you know, I once did an internship somewhere. I spent three months, three months with no with oh. with with a computer with no screen. Somewhere else, not 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 uh, here where I'm working. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else, and oh. when I complained about this thing, and then they said I said, uh, "I, you." You, you, you're demanding too much. We have given in employment. you employment. What's the use of me uh, um, uh, just getting paid if I want people to
0: mm. to,
3: show, to show the employer what I'm capable
0: of? All right. All right, Anonymous. Thank you for calling in. Thanks for calling in and for uh, putting those issues on, on the table with us uh, today. I've got a number of other callers who are lined up. Uh, Dr. Bama, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line. We'll continue with this conversation on the other side of the latest news headlines.
1: Cathy Mossadana on SAFM.
0: We continued the conversation on the talking point this morning and we've been looking at how South African businesses, both public and private, have been failing to meet some of the targets. That's the regulatory targets when employing people with disabilities. So they're not meeting the targets in terms of how many people they should be employing, but also just when it comes to the structure of the businesses and the extent to which they enable People with disabilities to be able to do their jobs, at least in the best way possible. And we heard uh, some examples from Anonymous. One of one of the alarming things that has come out of this research uh, co-authored by Dr. Armand Bum is, um, you know, the way in which people are, are called to meetings, having to disclose uh, intimate details about their life in front of management and, and other staff, it, it's unacceptable and 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 i've got another message here that's also around uh, uh, around those lines and it's it's a message from anonymous who says i'm one of those people who had to give up my employ because of the treatment i received from two government departments i used to work for because of my disability i'm visually impaired and i had to do an eye test in front of my colleagues it's tough to live with disability in this country kathy why why would everybody have to be there i, I don't understand the logic behind it philip in Joba, good morning to you
2: good morning kathy uh, dr armand bam congratulations i didn't know that you are already a doctor since the, <laughs> the last i know you were uh, still mr bam uh, in any way that's the fact. effect uh just like to find out from uh armand dr bam whether his uh, research went uh, as far as to check the policy on reasonable accommodation for assistive devices uh, uh, for persons with disabilities. or so, uh, And uh, whether there is any compliance with that, and would that not be a barrier uh, towards uh, employment of persons with disabilities within the public service? Okay. The the, the the private sector spaces um what would have been the main barriers because um, minor things that within the the, the public service uh mkc um just to so that it becomes clear I, I am a public servant mm. and i'm aware of some of the things and i i can tell that some of the problems within the public services attitude attitudinal mm. barriers from uh, mainly the recruitment area. That's where the difficulties are in employing persons with disabilities. Thanks very much for listening on the radio.
0: All right. Thanks. Thanks for that, Philip. Doctor Bum, I'll give you an opportunity to respond shortly. Let me take Peter as the last caller on this issue. Peter, you're calling us from the Eastern Cape. Good morning.
4: Yes, it's Katie. Thanks, it's Katie, good uh, morning to your guest mm-hmm. there. I'm here in Eastern Cape, in East London. I use crashes, you know, two uh, crashes. Uh, I went to Wosu Water University, and I, I got a diploma there in engineering. Uh, I went to this company, it's a big company in East London. Then I i i went there for experience two years and now they promised that uh they they're gonna treat us in this third year they man- they manufacture cars eh? yeah so when when i came there the h uh, r took the two things and and when when they saw me working with my crushes two uh beautiful colored ladies there in the h r asked me how are you going to work like this you, you you when you're looking like this you can't even walk and you, and I was like I, I've, I've been here in this company for two years and I didn't have a problem they they, they, they never called me again thank you security this thing is serious
0: yeah. Yeah, Peter, I'm so sorry to hear about your, your experience, and thanks for calling in to tell us about it. You know, Dr. Bump, there's there's no way that people can't feel a sense of helplessness. You know, and what is the recourse that, that they have in situations like this? Can I think I can just
1: come back to a couple of points that other callers um, spoke about. So That's I, fine. I just wanted to address first the anonymous, uh, and there were three things for me that he mentioned which... Again, when we look at businesses, they tend to fall short on. The notion of employing people with disabilities as administrators and as as administrators only is something that we need to look at. And often what you see within those positions within the, the, the public sector and even private sector is it lacks career progression or opportunities for career progression. So once you're in the door, you're expected to answer the telephone for the next 20 years. And I think that needs to be addressed. The other aspect that uh, Anonymous alluded to was how people are penalized for being disabled. So having to pay the cost through losing out your bonus because we've now acquired a screen reader for you is really working against what our Constitution expects us deliver as a society. And then the, the third aspect, he mentioned that he was on a learnership, and I think this is where I often when I look at businesses, I see what the true intent is. They offer learnerships, and what they do is they obviously get some sort of rebate from it, 100 positions, and they put people on these programs for a year long, and no opportunity really for people to be integrated into formal and further with businesses around the issues of learnerships need to be addressed. Um, uh, on this question about policy, the policies are there, the guidelines are there. Where the loophole is, is around this notion of what is reasonable. And often employers fall back on the cost aspect and say, it is unreasonable for me to pay this additional cost for a screen reader so that I can include and I think that is where the people, the is. Employees are not really compelled, you know, in such a manner um, that they cannot um, work through these loops. And which comes to this issue of someone comes into a workplace, is working there for two years, and then HR is asking, how are you going to work? And that helplessness that comes from the in terms of what do we then do afterwards. And and here there are a number of options, but it speaks to the big issue of how do we create communities within a workplace that are actually inclusive. If there are no opportunities for those at the lowest level, and not at the boardroom level where decisions are made, to develop these workplace policies, You're always going to have this particular situation. I cannot raise my voice about this issue for fear of me being painted and painted with a certain brush uh, and people not really wanting me to work in that place. So I would not advocate, um, unfortunately, one obviously has the roots of the CCMA and all of those instruments that one can use, but I would rather encourage people you know, to be able to get to the stage of where they create these communities that allow for the policies to be developed from the bottom up. Because I think that then allows people to to really have their say.
0: It certainly sounds like there's a lot more reform that needs to take place. And and I guess these are intentional uh, decisions um, that businesses also have to make. But businesses are run by people people who are part of society. So in many ways, it can be happening in businesses, but it also says a lot about how generally as a society, then we treat people with disabilities.